Welcome to episode five of Art Lives, a series of interviews with artists of all media. My name is Elizabeth de la Mater. On this podcast, we talk with artists one-on-one about their art, their lives, and how they navigate the world. And this episode features Clarice Cast. She's a percussionist, composer, and educator from Brazil, now based in Los Angeles. In this episode, Clarice tells us about her musical origin story, her training in Brazil and then the U.S., and her current career. Clarice is known as a creative, enthusiastic, and patient collaborator, and playing with her is always a delight. In this episode, Clarice shares her thoughts on staying positive, striving for perfection versus being perfect, maintaining self-compassion, and taking artistic chances. Here is Clarice Cast. Maybe I could tell you how music chose me and not, and I didn't cho- choose music, I suppose. That would be an amazing story. Okay. So, um, I grew up in Brazil, and where I attended school, there there was no music classes available in public schools. Um, and I believe it's still the same thing all over Brazil. Um, maybe in private schools, they will have music classes during um school time, but in my time, um, it, it wasn't the case. Hmm. So, um, even though Brazil is an extremely musical place, right. we don't really, we learn music informally. We learn music with other people, um, or those who can't afford go to private music schools to get private lessons. Um, but as far as band, orchestra, marching band, none of that I mean, it's rare when you find a school that has a program or after-school program like that. Um, so for me, I started teaching myself to play pandero when I was about maybe 11 or 12. Wow. Um, something. I, that's, <laughs> why is the great question? <laughs> if I remember correctly, it's because um, my sister played soccer and I just wanted to bring an instrument to make noise when I was watching her. Wow. And out of all the instruments, I decided that pandero was the best one. So something about the instrument just spoke to me. And um, I got some money from my grandma for my birthday, and I just ran to the store and I got this drum. And, you know, I used to just stop by the store and look at it and like, whoa, I wish I had money to buy this drum. It looks so beautiful. And it wasn't expensive. I just, <laughs> I just wouldn't ask my mom, you know, because she worked really hard to raise us. So uh, when I finally got this, uh, it was 20 bucks from my birthday. Then I, I knew exactly what to do. I just bought the drum. Wow. It was the best day. You know, like when people sleep with their toys for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Like after Christmas. So that was me with my drum. I was like, I was I always had it. I'm pretty sure I slept. I'm pretty sure I've slept with a triangle myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, triangles are so cozy, right? <laughs> That's what I can't picture. Like, uh, and why a teddy bear? You should sleep with a triangle. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that was like that was the most precious thing in my life was my my pandero. And yes, I played a lot for some of my sister's game games, and I was that annoying little sibling, you know. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, then, I mean, I just kept on learning by myself, watching um, others play on TV, either TV or listening to the radio. You know, it's a very popular yeah. instrument in Brazil. Yeah, and it wasn't until I was in high school that I just couldn't um, hold back. I was like, I need to learn drum set, I need to cool. learn percussion, I need to learn other things. 
so um, my mom signed me up for um, private music school, oh. and I started uh, getting weekly lessons. Okay. And it was more drum set than percussion, so it's the struggle of being a percussionist is that um, most music schools will have drum set instruction as opposed to percussion. Yep. And even though I wanted to do both, and I told the teacher, can we do both? Yeah. He's like, sure, we can do both. But it ended up being that I just played drum set, which is fine. I like drum set, too. But it wasn't until I was done with high school that I auditioned for this. Um, it's a, a state-run cons- music conservatory. Um, it, it probably is one of the one or two right, few schools in the state that if you pass a really uh, rigorous exam, you can go to school for free. Anything that is state-run is free, including universities in Brazil. Oh. So, And the top musicians and teachers were there. But get this. It was 400 people competing for one spot. What? I know. I honestly think I was lucky <laughs> because how, I mean, really, because how can the teachers even make that choice, right? It, yeah. It's so difficult. It must be so difficult for them. I can't imagine having to only pick one out of 400 unless there was a significant drop. But, I mean, you know, still, what yeah. does that mean? You still have 100 people that are excellent? <laughs> Right. And I mean, I don't even know. I mean, that's what I hear too, the ratio, you know, it probably, it could be different, but I, I believe it. Cause I mean, just the line to, to get, to fill out your form was blocks, was blocks and blocks. Yeah. So I don't believe in luck a lot. I believe in, you know, that some, a lot of the times when people say, Oh, that person is so lucky. It really what they mean is they were prepared, they were in the right place in the right time. But for me, I think that moment was, I was lucky. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, because how, how else? Um, and so I, that changed my life because I started, I, at that point I didn't even know that I wanted to be a musician, but I was just studying music because I didn't know what else to do after high school. Uh-huh. And... It wasn't a university. It was sort of like a, um, uh, it's hard to define what kind of degree it is compared to American standards, but I'd say it would be the closest to um, a community college degree. But yeah. it's not. It's not college. Um, so in that school, in that public conservatory, I met some of my the best friends that I made in Brazil, and I started playing percussion. I was studying uh, Brazilian popular percussion and played a lot of Brazilian music, learned a lot of hand drums, uh, finally had someone to teach me pandeiro, because prior to that I was just learning by myself. And learning from my peers was the most um, fun part for me. Uh, and all of the lessons were in group group lessons because, you know, too many people, so you, there are no private right. lessons. You just put a bunch of us together based on somewhat of a, like, similar level of ability. Yeah. And um, I joined this um, folk, folk orchestra in, Brazil, in, in this school. They had a folk, folk um, a viola, which is a type of um, yep. ten-string guitar. Yeah. And I started playing with them, and they paid me. Oh, in school? Yeah, well, we had a, a concert outside of the school. Cool. And then when I got paid for the first time, I was a 17-year-old kid. I was having so much fun traveling all over the country, and then they paid me. <laughs> and I said, that's it. <laughs> I'm a musician now. <laughs> so I really think that... It, that's what I mean, like music chose me. I didn't <laughs> decide that I was going to be a musician, you know. it was To me, it was just unbelievable, that feeling that, oh, my God, I can actually do what I love, and people will pay me for this. I'm hitting things. <laughs> I'm just hitting <laughs> drums. And people pay me. I mean, it was amazing. 
So I guess I keep on, I kept on following that that feeling, you know, of how awesome he was. But eventually, I, I moved here. I moved to Illinois to learn English for a year. That was the goal. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't speak any English when I moved, and my sisters are living in the Chicago suburbs. And then I was just gonna be there for a year, and it's been 13 years. <laughs> so I guess that's the story of how music chose me. And I mean, I think that your spirit, which to me is always very positive, and you love to collaborate, and everybody is always smiling around you, which oh. um, is <laughs> lovely. And uh, I think that that of course is definitely you, but I think some of it. Now it makes a little more sense to me thinking about you learning on your own and playing all alone for a few years, and then finally getting with a group. That must have been just super exciting and like yeah. really really fun. Yeah, because playing music with others is a lot more fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's to me playing music is such a joy, you know, and. I feel like meeting other musicians, there's an automatic connection because um, I suppose because of the assumption that we love something common. Right. Because I think that if you're not passionate about music, it's a really difficult job to pursue. It's difficult anyway. So, yeah, then if you're not passionate about it, yeah, yeah. Either that or stubborn. I think I'm a little bit of both. <laughs> but I think that you know, like either, I don't know. I've heard th this is a similar thing. I've heard well, when actors or comedians or and other performers of any kind talk. Sometimes they say, "I think it's just because I'm stubborn," but I think it's like we don't give up. Yeah, I think that some people perhaps, just happen to think that they're fabulous, and they're, they never get down, <laughs> and they never yeah. feel bad about themselves, but I think a lot of the rest of us just, we don't give up because we can't, can't stand the idea of it, or maybe we don't think we can do anything else, or we, we can't do anything else, but I mean, I think it's, sometimes it's just like, out, just hanging in there. Yeah. I also sometimes think that perhaps it's what music, the lesson in music itself, mm -hmm. because when you're, when we are all learning music and all the, the countless hours that we spend or spent or, you know, <laughs> trying to uh, perfect our craft, uh, in itself is a lesson because if you, you keep on making mistakes, you play wrong notes, you go back to the practice or maybe you try it again and, you know, Right. It's sort of like that in the, in the career, it happens as well. You get, uh, you know, you fail auditions, you try them the next time. You, um, you're trying to book gigs and people say, no, you go on to the next time. It really is, I think that learning music trains our brain to accept, um, you know, the, 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 the no's in life. But yeah. you just have to keep on going back to the practice room. Except for the nose. Yeah. So say you're growing up. I know you have older sisters and you had a, you had a soccer sister. Mm-hmm. And she was really devoted, right? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't one of these things where it was like, well... You know, so and so is gonna do soccer, and I'm gonna do music. You didn't have any. Did you have an identity built around your music or your drum when you were young? Um. So I have a brother. He's the oldest, and then two sisters, and then me. And my sister who plays soccer, Hakel. Um. She's the second one. Um. 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 My sister is, after my mom, my sister is probably my biggest example of 
hardworking person. Yeah. They're both. They've always giving giving me that example of um, go back to the practice room, <laughs> never <laughs> give up, keep on trying. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that I if I had an identity as far as my music making, my drumming. Yeah. Um, I had it. Um, the, the way it was for me is that my mom always said, no matter what it is that we are doing, you're going to do your best. So uh, um, there was a time I, uh, you know, I played sports. I even played hockey, roller hockey in Brazil. And um, so my mom was always extremely supportive of whatever it is that we were doing. But she always said, are you going to, let's say, are you going to play hockey? Yeah. Is that what you want to do? I'll give you my full support, but you all you have to do your best. Um, and my mom has always been very supportive. I mean, for my sister growing up in Brazil to play soccer at the time that she was growing up was really con controversial because um, it's a male-dominated sport in Brazil still. And yeah. even for for my sister to play soccer. Um, the, most teachers wouldn't allow her because she was a girl or in, in school when she was six years old <laughs> she had to go to this my mom, my mom went to my sister's school and had to tell had to talk to the teacher say hey my, my daughter wants to play why won't you allow her yeah he, the usual was oh I'm afraid she's going to hurt herself um. my mom always said well if she hurts herself, she's going to learn, and she will stop. Let my daughter play. My yeah. sister never hurt herself. She, <laughs> was, she would play better than all the boys and, like, beat them up, you know? Yeah. When you're six, it doesn't, I mean, the, the, the child's strength uh, is the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyway, so... My mom was always very supportive of whatever it is that we wanted to do, as long as... We were serious about it. Yeah. We um we did our best, like I said, and you know we respected ourselves and others. And for me, it was similar. Playing percussion when I started playing, um, it was not very. Um, it wasn't necessarily a female field, mm -hmm. and it still isn't, um, especially for popular percussion, Brazilian popular percussion. But it's changing. But you know. We ne she never questioned um, that, you know, this isn't for you. This is it has never been my mom's um, attitude for her, as especially in, um, anything related to our own, excuse me, to our education. Yeah. She was very supportive. Yeah. Nice. And sacrificed Did a lot, you know. Yeah. So you had, you'd already seen your mother demand that your sister get to play and we don't have to like spend time on this whole the whole gender thing if you don't want. But I don't think I've ever asked you what um, if you were aware when you were a kid if you were aware that you were supposedly playing a boy's instrument. Um, not really. I just liked it. Um, yeah. I knew that I couldn't think of a lot of female role models, I was aware of that. I was aware that, oh, um, I know this guy and this guy, they all, they're famous Pandero players, but where are the women Pandero players? Or, you know, it was a lot easier to know famous drum set players who were men. Right. Um, especially in Brazil. But then later I started discovering, oh, there are many women who play and play really well. And, uh, actually, some of my male teachers would tell me, you should listen to this person and this person and then make up, you know, when you ask for a teacher for a list of people to listen to. Yeah. And they would include a lot of female drummers. I was very thankful for them for that. And, um, yeah. and I'm sure they did for their male friends. I'm not, you know, I don't think they added just because I was female, but it's just because they were holding them in a the high standard, you know, like they were, I mean, they were considering them top players yeah and so that to me was also really cool um and i don't think i've ever necessarily you know felt unwelcome at all because i was a girl nobody 
if anybody tried, I was oblivious about it. I just kept them playing. Um, you know. That sounds marvelous. So it sounds, I mean, you make it sound like you floated around and everything was easy. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I think that, um, I'm aware of, I'm aware of how male dominated, uh, music is. Yeah. I guess I chose not to let that affect my desire to keep playing. Yeah. I really love learning. Yeah. I really love learning new things. And to be honest with you, I had no idea what I was getting myself into <laughs> when I started in my And I was already I was already twenty two so when I started, so I guess that's called a non traditional student. I didn't even know the term existed because it's pretty common in Brazil to just wait a few years to go to college or um, if you change your major, you have to start over in Brazil. So it's, you know, it's, wow. yeah, it's a whole deal. But, um, anyway, so to me, I was just, oh, I was just glad I, ha- I had been accepted. I didn't even mm-hmm. know how awesome the program was. And, um, I had to keep reminding myself that it was okay not to know things. Ah. I really did. I had to do a lot of work, uh, internal work and, I I got inspiration from children because if you look at a child learning, they don't know if they're bad or if they're good. They're just absorbing information. They're trying. They're making mistakes to try again. Or even if you go back further, like a child learning to walk, they're going to keep on going. Yeah. Um, I noticed that a lot now with... um, my nephew, um, he celebrates everything. He makes them like, you know, let's say the game is to, uh, put toys inside of a bucket or something. Yeah. He will miss the bucket and he will still clap and say, yay. <laughs> yeah. Because he's having a good time. He's right. being, he's just being, you know? And, I had a lot of frustrating moments at NIU, definitely, because um, I was expected to know certain things, and I didn't even know that I was. And so that's when the frustration started, because teachers didn't know that I that I didn't know what a conducting pattern was, that how to follow one, two, three, and four. It's not that I couldn't count. It's just I didn't know that we were in four. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, wait, where's one again? Uh, but that's my reality, right? Not every Brazilian percussionist is that way. Some people do learn classical percussion in Brazil, quote-unquote classical percussion. But, um, yeah, so I had to keep reminding myself that it was okay to be bad, you know? That it was yeah. it, it was okay. I guess I shouldn't say it's okay to be bad. It, it was okay not to know. And then from there, I only had room for improvement. <laughs> Well, see, that's, I mean, that sounds so healthy, healthy and reasonable. <laughs> yeah, but it was, uh, it was what I needed to keep telling myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, is that like, is that just something you found inside? You reasoned out? Is that your mom? How did you come to that? Um, Probably is a lot of inf- my mom influences me still today all the yeah. time. Um, maybe I really don't know. I I think it might have been because before going to college, before going to study music in the United States, I had to learn English. Right. And I definitely felt like a baby. Right. Wow. When you. Yep. And then, but being an adult, learning a new language, it's hard because you know that you don't know. Again, I had to yes, be in the mindset of a baby. The babies are just learning. They're absorbing information by being there. And so I had to keep reminding myself that it's okay. Yeah. Again, there are frustrating moments. <laughs> Always. But... <laughs> I just had to be patient with myself and keep uh, working on p- 
patience and knowing that it was I was gonna learn, you know, that um and putting in the work too, you know, it wasn't just um I I went to school for English for example, I was in school for from nine to three every day and wow. then I would do homework or after um, you know, you have to, you have to do it. Just yeah. Not, and I really, like, I feel like it's the, the stubborn quality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to call it, like, right. call it quality. Um, I just really wanted to do it, you know? Yeah. Do you feel uh, like you're at, that those are lessons you learned and then you learned them and you're fine or have you, uh, are there lessons that you have to keep reminding yourself about? Or oh. relearning, relearning. All the time. Yeah. All the time. There are moments in my life when if I'm on a good path of uh, meditating constantly, you know, I can be I can be accepting of a lot of things. I can be okay in L.A. traffic. <laughs> but, you know, when, when I notice that I'm not going on my hikes or meditating as often, uh, the... The frustrations will definitely surface more often. It'll be more obvious, and I won't have that inner power to tell myself that it's okay. Yeah. And so it's not. I don't mean to sound like I know the answers. <laughs> it's just like uh, I have to keep learning that every day with new experiences. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, do you feel? Do you feel at peace with how much you've learned already and um, and where you are in your quest to learn and play? Um, I would say that if, if I'm comparing myself uh, from now and beginning of my undergrad, I definitely feel at peace now. Um, I have a drive to always keep learning, though. I'm, yeah. Hmm. You know, I'm constantly practicing or working on learning new things, especially in percussion, as you know. Like, sometimes I am six months, I'm learning uh, this one particular instrument, and all my time is devoted to this one thing, and then... I have to play other things too. Wait, you gotta, you gotta, (laughs) you can't just play one thing, right? That's the joy, I guess, and the curse at the same time. Yes. Um, So I'm more at peace because I know that it's okay, you know, not to be 100% um, uh, proficient yet. You just keep on going. And one thing that my mentor, uh, Cal Lartz, told me, um, after NIU I did my um, master's at Cal Lartz, one thing that, Randy Gloss, my mentor, always told me as far as this uh, balancing, you know, which Mm -hmm. instruments deserve my attention right now, um, is that he always told me that uh, we as percussionists are students of rhythm. Yes. And the common denominator is us. It's me, right? (laughs) I can always learn more about rhythm regardless of what I'm playing and that instrument just becomes that particular voice yes. uh, at the time but I, it's, it's still me playing right. something else so right that was a big that was a good lesson <laughs> it changed my perspective you know yeah that is so amazing because I I have performances coming up, and I was just having that same conversation in my head again. Yeah, it's amazing. And that's also why it's so cool to play instruments when you have the freedom to... um, Some of the instruments that I play, you basically have the freedom to add your own style, you know? Like, there are so many pandero players, and... So many fantastic Pandera players. And if you look at every one of them, let's say if you choose top five Pandera players or ten Pandera players, they're all going to sound different and play differently. And I think that translates to other instruments, too. I, I just speak from Pandera because that's my home base. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, 
And so always also in the process of learning, allowing myself to play in a way that isn't necessarily the traditional way of playing certain things because something became traditional just because more people decided to play that way. It doesn't mean that it's the only way to play a certain instrument, you know? Yeah. And boy, it's interesting that you say that because I, I know that a lot of people who are born in the U.S., who then are interested in learning instruments like the Fandeiru, mm-hmm. then we all freak out about doing it right in the traditional way. And it's marvelous, but also very frustrating when you learn that, oh, wait a minute, there isn't one traditional way. Yeah. <laughs> it can be frustrating, I suppose. <laughs> but I still um, feel re- reassured that you say that, even though I know this. It still reassures me to hear you say that. Yeah, I mean, sure, some people could say, oh, this is the way to play. This is the technique. Mm -hmm. Of course, sure. And I respect technique and, you know, I learn techniques of many instruments, but I also like to allow myself to try things in different ways, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you doing um in the next couple months, what are, what are your current projects? Um, I've been playing with um, a lot with some Brazilian musicians here in LA. Um, in a couple of weeks, I'll be playing at a Latin jazz music festival with Katia Moraes in Brazilian Hearts. Cool. Um, she's a wonderful singer and friend, and she plays... Mm-hmm. Um, um, sorry, she sings, but we we play um, traditional Brazilian styles, samba and choro. Mm-hmm. Um, I also play with um, Afro-Brazilian dance company called uh, Vive Brasil. Cool. The, it's a really wonderful company, and their mission is to um, teach and um, and um, not what is the word <laughs> and uh, expose Americans to uh, Afro-Brazilian culture um, through dance and music nice um, yeah and they are very um, wonderful group of people um, so I've been not only learning a lot learning all the Afro-Brazilian traditional rhythms and the orishas and the songs and the, the drumming patterns, but I, I also get a chance to hang out with them and play music with them. Um, yeah, and working on writing my own music and not being afraid of letting people hear me. That is, that to me is one of the things I'm trying to overcome right now is being okay with letting people hear what I have to write. Um, one of these days we'll get, uh, one of my own projects going and I'll be able to share with the world. I yeah. just, I just told somebody, uh, yesterday, um, that I, I could I feel like I could play in front of, but anybody or for any amount of people, that's fine. I'm not nervous to play, but I don't want to hear the recording and <laughs> I don't want any, to listen to the recordings afterwards mm-hmm. so and I'm embarrassed that after all of these years I've been doing this for like 30 years I'm still not over it I mean we've been performing we've been working hard we've been practicing we've been learning and we are continuous learners why do we why are we so self-conscious yeah I I think that's a big question um, I think it might be more related to personality and some of the things that we are not allowing ourselves to work on, you know what I mean, than music. So you can't separate the musician from the music, I guess. Yeah. So you work on it by meditating. <laughs> yeah. You work on it by putting videos up when you don't, even when you don't want to. Yeah, actually putting videos up has been a really good exercise for me because um, I also have to record myself and hear myself back mm. right away, edit, um, 
Um, and also just knowing that, um, I guess I read some, probably I read Brene Brown's, one of, one of her books is said that, um, perfectionism, it really is a way for us to stop ourselves from allowing ourselves to be who we want to be. Right. And, um, I'm really not doing a good job of paraphrasing this, but, <laughs> um, it's better to get something done than, you know, than a thousand things that are not perfect. You know, just allowing myself to get something done nice. and being okay with the imperfections. It's okay because yeah. uh, we are all imperfect. And it, it's not about the perfect, the final product. It's about the process. It's about the lessons that I learned with the process. But, yeah. you know. It's some days are easier for me than others <laughs> with with that concept. And I think it's also a part uh, the the other side of the coin of always doing your best is that sometimes you don't you can't see that it's good enough, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you are focused, and that's the difference also between, of course, practicing to learn and and then going ahead and performing. Mm -hmm. um, I, you were talking about learning a language. I just started uh, Alexander Technique. And so oh. I'm at the point where I'm still trying to figure out what the heck to do in the practice room. And so, you know, I was getting down on myself in my last lesson for not already having, having incorporated everything. Um, you know, I'm still slouching or whatever and and she's she had to remind me you know hey first you learn to do it and then gradually it becomes part of what you do the way we do anything is the way we do everything right <laughs> if you think about for a moment if you think about that for a moment we've been conditioned to be perfect yeah to keep on practicing and um, perfect things. Aha. And that there's a right way to make this buzz grow or there's a right place for you to hit this marimba bar. There's a right way to X, Y, and Z, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to let that go sometimes. Because that's what gets us to be musicians, you know? Sure is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So whose voice do you hear in your head um, when you are encouraging yourself? Is it, would you say it's all you now? Would you say it's, uh, you still hear or rely on your mother's voice or your mentor's voice from CalArts? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I probably should, I should pay attention next time, see <laughs> whose voice it is. <laughs> I think it's a combination. Yeah. Um, my mom is my biggest fan and she's always told me how, uh, she, she's proud of me and how talented she thinks I am. And a lot of the times I would be like, annoying child saying oh you just say this because you're my mother <laughs> um, but it's not true because my mom is also pretty um real with us she will yeah. tell she will tell us what's up yeah um so i think that right now it, it really might be my voice the voice that i'm trying to teach myself to be accepting you know Nice. To be more compassionate towards myself. So nice. Um, and a lot of my, I talked to, uh, to my friend, a lot of my friends about this too. Yeah. Um, and trying to listen to their voices, you know, they're like, we, you should make more videos. I'd love to hear you more, make more, more, more. We want more, you know? Yeah. So, that's true. Um, yeah. Listening to the good friends, the friends who um, also tell me what's up when I need, to, you know, if they say, oh, yeah, the video is cool, but you could have done this and this and that. I'm like, oh, cool. Thanks for letting me know. 
I'll work on that next time, you know. Yeah. So I'll, I'll pay attention next time I hear the voice. No. And then tell you. I think if it works, it doesn't matter whose voice it is. It's maybe, true. Maybe that's not true, but I think if you've got something that works, then that's that's great. Yeah. Most days. Works most days. <laughs> yeah. So you, you work with little kids. Yes, I, I teach for um, a few different nonprofits, uh, currently three nonprofits. And, um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> one of them, I teach a general music to second graders. The <laughs> other one, I, uh, I teach a program called um, One World Drum Circle. And I teach, it's a drum circle and for first graders. And we go around the world. Uh, learn, we learn stories, songs, and drumming from, uh-huh. um, as many countries as we can fit in 12 weeks. Wow. And, um, and then I teach after Brazilian percussion for after school programs, uh, for older kids, middle school, high school kids. Um, so it's a, it's a great experience. Um, most of the students I work with are from what people consider at-risk communities, um, and I've had a great experience teaching them, and the students are so appreciative of us being there, and they're so loving, and, um, you know, they're just grateful. They're very grateful, and most of them probably wouldn't be exposed to music, you know, in, if it wasn't for the program. So it's nice to know that I, um, the little bit that I do can make a difference in their lives, you know. And it's yeah. funny, sometimes I'll get, like, thank you cards from the students. Aww. And <laughs> there are a couple of things that happen often. One of them is that they love drying my hair. Yes. And <laughs> you have and beautiful curl. <laughs> oh, I love your hair. And then, you know, the drawings are so funny. They're the cutest. And then a lot of the times, too, they'll say, you're the, you're the best music teacher I've ever had. Oh, wait, I, you're the only one, but you're still fast. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it's so cute, you know, how they're um, in their writing, you know, second, little second. Yeah. Day. Right. But... It says a lot, you know. Um, yeah, but most of them don't really even consider taking music classes, right? Mm-hmm. And because they don't have music programs or or the ability to be taking some, uh, you know, their families can't really afford to pay for lessons, or which is very similar to my upbringing. But you know, it's just nice to to know they appreciate the program. Wow, that's cool. Good. Yeah. And uh, do you think that do you think you'll always want to work with little kids? Um, I love little kids and working with them and teaching them. I also would like to expand and teach adults. Yeah. Um, it's exhausting, you know, teaching it kids. It is. Um, yeah. I think that elementary school teachers are way underpaid and they have <laughs> such a serious job. It's really, I mean, I'm with the students for just 15 minutes once a week, you know, every class that I teach, but I see those teachers there that every day for hours and, you know, most of them just do it out of love. Yeah. They invest their own money in the classrooms and materials and, I mean, their their struggle is serious. I mean, it's really real. I mean, I can't even imagine what it would be like to have their job. Um, so, it's yeah, I mean, I would like to keep working with them as much as I can or as, as much as I can handle because yeah. it's exhausting, you know? Um, yes, it really even is. Even though it's, uh, it provides me great satisfaction, I mean, to see their growth, uh, to see how much they appreciate music. Um, it's hard to have a more uh, equal level conversation. You know, teaching adults, I think, is you can ha- you can get you get to talk about music in a different way. Right. Yeah. 
So I would like to have that experience as well. And I can see myself doing that more long term than teaching little kids. But yeah. Nice. Nice. If you um, could tell uh, could tell me three things that are either always uh, have have always been a resource for you for inspiration or are three things that I need to know about. It could be any kind of art. What are they? Man. All right. So that you mean that inspire me? <laughs> um, well, you already know this, but yeah, Pandero, it really is the reason I play music. And <laughs> the love that I have for that drum really is what uh, got me into playing everything else. Dogs. Dogs. I Any kinds of dogs? dogs? Any dogs. Any dogs. There's, I currently cannot have a dog, oh. but almost on a weekly basis, I'm looking at shelters and seeing what adoptable pets, adoptable oh. dogs. It's just a passion. I love dogs. Can you have a cat? Um, I cannot have any kind of pet. Oh, in that's right. Yeah. I could have a cat with my schedule. What what prevents me from having a dog is really how busy I am, and I wouldn't want to just have the dog lo locked in my apartment. You know, they need exercise, they need uh, a routine. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that my mom. I'm just so thankful. That's number three. I mean, she's actually she's number one. <laughs> but you know, it was just the order that I spoke. Um, I will not tell her. <laughs> no, she knows. Maybe I don't tell her enough. But I think that I owe everything to my mother. Um, just the fact that she was, first of all, raising four kids alone. Mm -hmm. uh, she sacrificed so much, working full time, and somehow managed to give us all attention. And uh, you know, obviously, every parent makes makes mistakes. And I mean, sure, I mean, she made mistakes too. But it doesn't even matter. Um, it's just how the example she's always been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, there's no way I can't. Stop trying because she never did. She always, she never quit. You know what I mean? So. Right. And I have a mom like that, and yeah. and that gives me strength. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't really know what it would, who I would be if it wasn't for my mom and my siblings. I mean, they've always, they've always been there for me. You know, but I mean, my siblings also shaped me to be who I am. You know, I yeah can't picture not having three siblings because they've been there longer you know <laughs> so tell me what your um what would you like to be doing with your art in 10 years oh, i think that it won't be any different than when i started i mean i would still love to be hitting things and get get paid for it <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I really just love playing. I love playing with other people, and I love talking about music. So I get a chance to make a living um, doing, keep keep on doing those things, and hopefully, maybe also traveling to many, many places in the pro in the mm. process. You know, that would be to me the the dream, being able yeah. to uh, expand my. Um, you know, my horizons and just go as many places as I possibly can, make new friends, musical friends all over the world. Yeah. I'm okay. I would like to travel with you, please. Let's do it. Is anything, did you dream of this at all when you were young or did you have any concept of where you would end up at this point in time? Poof. Um, to be honest with you, when I was young, I, I used to daydream about being an actress, Ooh. but I would see myself on stages, 
Yeah. I would see myself on, on a stage with, I would see the, you know, the light. Yep. I'm almost blinding my vision, mm. but I could still see people sitting and watching me. Oh my gosh. So in a way, I'm, I'm experiencing exactly what I used to see when I was seven. Yeah. But it's just a different art form. Yep. I realized I was really bad at acting. <laughs> um, which is fine. It's okay. It wasn't for me. But I don't know. You're, you're now you're limiting yourself. Maybe you just need to learn more. It's very true, you know, you're using my own philosophy right now to tell me, good work. Um, at the time that I explored acting, it felt like it wasn't for me, so I yeah. kind of went on a different route, but yeah, but that vision of being on stage is definitely a part of it. Yeah. It's really nice to talk to you. It sounds like you have a cat. Oh, heard a sound. There, there's some parrots <gasps> flying outside. They, they come visit the trees around um, sunset. It's beautiful. Um, it was really nice talking to you too. You have been listening to the Art Lives podcast. I am so grateful to Clarice Cast for speaking with me. Please take every opportunity you have to see her play or teach. You are hearing her right now with Fareed Haq in one of his tunes. This one is Shrishti. It's a tune on his album Trance Hypothesis. I posted links to that album and Clarice's website and videos on the Art Lives page of my website, elizabethdelamater.com. Please give us a rating and comments on Apple Podcasts. More ratings allow more people to hear us. My continued gratitude to Bill Salick, artist Eduardo Moreno for our logo, and special thanks to composer Nicholas Myers for our theme music. And finally, thank you so much for listening to Art Lives. Mm-hmm.